Good morning, everyone. Boy, exciting things going on around uh, 2911. Amen. That movie this, uh, this Friday night being hosted by one of our small groups. Um, and uh, then one of the, the, one of the actresses is actually going to be in that small group the following Wednesday night. And even if you're not a part of that small group, you're invited that Wednesday night. That's this Friday night and then the follow, uh, following Wednesday night. 301 this afternoon, really excited. Uh, church is growing as we kind of look around. Hey, and this is the summer. You know, the summer, you're not supposed to grow during the summer. Everybody's supposed to be on vacation. And I kind of say that for, for a couple of reasons, but um, that, you know, if, if there's any of you that have ever thought about going to the early service, then please consider trying out the early service. We got a few extra seats in the early service, and there's some extra seats up here on the front if y'all aren't scared of me and uh, David and Jamie, and uh, I know y'all aren't scared of Nita and David, but if y'all are scared of me and David and Jamie, but, uh, but if, you, if you've ever thought about that, and listen, um, you know, one, one perk of the 930 service is, you know, you get to beat most every other church in town to the restaurants, you know, when you go to the 930 service. So, uh, but, uh, but seriously, um, you know, when uh, school starts back and everybody's off vacation, those kinds of things, you know, we're going to really realize some of that growth. I mean, that's one of the reasons we're tightening up some. So if you can, and please, yeah, squeeze in. And listen, uh, you know, you, you people that's been here a while, y'all come on up a little close to the front. Let the new people sit way back there. Y'all come sit by me, all right, all right? and everything. Uh, but pray about this for me. As we've been, uh, we've been looking, the staff has been talking about this for over a year, knowing that we're going to have to have more space. I mean, we, we've, we've known that from the beginning of this church because God's vision was bigger than this room. Uh, but we, for over a year, the church, we, the, the staff, we've actually, we're looking at some things last year, last summer. And so we're, we've been looking for space. We've been looking for a place to go. And uh, I want to ask you to pray. I'm going to give you something specific to pray so we can be in one mind, in one, one heart. I want to pray that this scripture that I, I, I threw at you, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago in, in the sermon, Revelation chapter 3, I believe it's verse 8. When Jesus is speaking to the church at Philadelphia, he, 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 this is a paraphrase, but he says, I close doors that no man can open. I open doors that no man can close. Pray with me. God, you've got a place where we're supposed to be. Open that door and don't let anybody close it. And then close the doors of places we don't need to go and don't let us, you know, just lower our head down and bore through it and get, get through it anyway. Open doors, God, where we need to be. Closed doors where we don't need to be. Join me in that because God's got some awesome things that he still wants to do around here. We, we've got to have space to disciple. We've got to have space to train. We've got to have space to worship. You know, we've got to have some space to worship. So please be, pray, be praying with us about that. All right. Awesome. Uh, so let's get into our message this morning. And uh, just before we have a word of prayer, just want to remind you we're, we're in the, the spiritual warfare sermon series. And uh, some people have asked about, well, how do I do this? You know, we're, there, uh, some want to know, what about the weapons? And, you know, really, probably every time that I've ever taught on spiritual warfare or preached on spiritual warfare, I've spent most of my time on the weapons. But I've really felt led in, in this series that we really need, to, really need to deal with some other issues before we even get to the weapons. I mean, we need to deal with the, you know, really our attitude sometimes, even toward the battles. Because, really, a lot of us act like we don't have any battles. I mean, some of you this morning, come on, be honest. How many of you lied in the foyer this morning? Anybody? Anybody? Anybody lied in the foyer? Okay. Uh, anybody ask you how you were doing and you said, fine, but you weren't really fine this week? 
Okay, come on, somebody. Anybody lie this morning? I, I, you know, I, I've, I've occasionally lied. And it was by accident, though. I mean, you know, because you say, you say okay, and then you walk away thinking about how sick you've been all week and all those things. I mean, but we do that. And, and it's almost like we get in this, this spiritual arena here, and it's like, okay, we, it's like we're in a different place. And it's like, okay, we leave all those battles out there, and we come here, and we're just supposed to worship and everything. No, this is the place. Look, this is the place we need to start our battles. Now, finish them out there. But we need to start them right. We need, to, we need to start being real about our battles and our struggles and our stuff. Okay, so you wouldn't own up to lying in the church foyer. Let me, let me see if you'd own up to this. How many of you raise your hands with me? I'm going to raise mine in a second. How many of you will raise your hand with me and say, I, in some part of my life, I'm teasing you a little bit here. I'm, I'm building you up. In some part of my life, I, in, in my marriage, or my relationship with my kids, relationship with my parents, at my job, at school, coming up this week. In some part of my life, I have battles. Raise your hand. We don't just need a sermon series. We need this sermon series. We need more than that. We need to fight the battle. Join me. Let's pray. God, I love you. I thank you, God. Lord, so many things are already happening. So many, God, and I think that's one of the problems that we have God, even right here, Lord, seated before me, I think one of the problems that we have is we are not even, God, not even recognizing the victories that you've already given us, God. God, there are people, there are people sitting together today that are married that, that should be divorced. There are people that, that are sitting, sitting in this place today worse. As Jamie was saying earlier, we don't, we don't deserve to be here, God. God, you've already won so many victories in our life. And God, it's like we don't even realize that. We're just focused on the battle that we're in and we're forgetting, God, that you've already won all these other victories. God, you can win these next ones too. And I pray, God, you just stir someone today to decide to fight the battle, God, to win the war, God, to, to, to see it done, to see it completed, to see it over, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, stir us up. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Get a, I'm sorry, let me get a sip that. Sorry, um, sinus medicine. Really dries you out, doesn't it? Okay, so today we're going to the battle mode. Battle mode. You've got to select your battle mode. And we're going to get into a little bit of, this is going to be some kind of the how-tos. It's not the weapon. The weapons are next week, okay? But, but we're going to get into some of, the, some of the how-tos of the things that we've got to do. All right, and there, there, there are some battle modes from the, the video game that we took our sermon title from, and we're going to use some of those. We're just going to use three because you probably are all going to deal with these three battle areas of your life, the types of battles you've got to fight and things that you need. But these really, to, to me, these really kind of consume or kind of uh, surround every single battle that we will have in our life, okay? And they're domination, recovery, and showdown. So let's begin with domination. I took you to this scriptures just uh, already in this uh, sermon series, but let's go back to Genesis chapter 4. And uh, this, is, this is the story of Cain and Abel. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering. Abel, his brother, brought an offering. Fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, God did not look with favor. Okay, so here's what's going on. Uh, it's like, you know, I'm worshiping over here. David's worshiping over here. We got our hands raised up and everything. God looks down at David and says, man, David, I'm just enjoying this. This is good. God's saying, this is good, David. You know, you've, you've been working this week on, on, on your relationship with me and everything. And, he's just, and then he looks over at me and he said, Rick, it, it just ain't working today. 
That's what's going on here, okay? God's looking with favor on one brother and not on the other. And so Cain was very angry, and his face, he was angry, angry, and his face was downcast. Angry, and angry with God. He was angry with God. I, I, I mean, isn't that crazy to get angry with God? Have you ever gotten angry with God over something that you did? Okay, some hands went up till I said that you did, and I put them back down. You gotta, maybe you got to think about that for a second. <laughs> Have you ever gotten angry with God over some things that you did? It's kind of like, you know, uh, you know on your way to that, 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 that important job interview, you know, <coughs> that you, you, you've got. You, you have a flat, and you, and you just get angry with God, and you say, God, why did you let this happen on this very, I, I was on my way to this job interview. I got to have this job. Why did you let this happen? And something way back in the back of your brain reminds you, or maybe it's the Holy Spirit in your heart reminds you, that you're too cheap to buy new tires, and that's why you had a flat today. You know, get angry with God over things you did. Okay, now that, 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 that's kind of a funny humorous, but we do it, don't we? That's what he did. Because look what God says. He said, now wait, Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? Now, already in these verses. But listen, I could preach a whole message just on the sin of Cain in these few passages of Scripture. I mean, we're seeing disobedience because, listen, listen here, here's, here's what God had told them. Uh, we don't have it right here in the Scripture, but God had told them. We see this all throughout Scripture, is that for sin to be forgiven, there must be a blood sacrifice. That's why Cain brought the fat portions. I mean, he, he brought, you know, he would, in, in the Old Testament, you know, they sacrificed the lambs and goats and bulls and turtle doves and those things. But, you know, in the New Testament, it's Jesus Christ. There had to be a blood sacrifice. And Cain was bringing turnips. You know the old saying, right? You can't get blood from a turnip. So that's why it wasn't acceptable for him to bring turnips. He was disobedient. And then when God called him on it, he was rebellious. He kept doing it. He didn't straighten it out. He gets angry with God. Eventually, and we're not going to read down that far, but he, he commits murder and he kills his brother. I mean, all, all of this happening, all these sins happening. You know, there was a saying back years ago. I, some of you too young probably remember. It, it was a motto, a slogan of Lay's potato chips. You can't eat just one, you know? That's kind of like lies, aren't it? Lies are like Lay's potato chips. You can't tell just one, you know, because you got to tell another one and another one and another one. You know, and, and it's like uh, sin, sins are like rabbits. You can't just keep two around. You ever try, you tie, you tie, uh, I heard, uh, yeah, I heard Red Skelton said this one time. He said, he said, I used to shake a stick at my rabbits and I used to keep them in line with rabbits, you know, with my stick. And I'd shake the stick at him and say, now you better mind, you better mind. And he said, one day my two rabbits, he said, they were just, they were just, uh, just being so bad. He said, I shook the stick until I was tired. He said, finally, I just locked them up in, in the closet for a couple of weeks. And I just said, I'm just going to teach you. He said, locked them up in the closet for a couple of weeks. He said, I, I let them out in a couple of weeks. He said, when they came out, I had more rabbits than I could shake a stick at. Okay, so, but you know what I'm saying? That's the way sins are. You, you just hide them away in your closet, guess what? You're going to have more sin. Because, and, and the sin doesn't just breed more sin of that kind. It does, it's not just that one kind, but sin breeds other kinds of sins. And because here we see it, it starts with disobedience. That's what God is challenging them on. You're disobedient, Cain. Here's your problem, you're disobedient. You got to fix this. If you don't fix this, Cain, it's going to get you. Here's, here's what he says If you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. God's talking about domination. You better dominate this sin thing because if you don't, it's going to dominate you. 
It's going to destroy you. It's going to take you down. And it may, have start, it may start with disobedience, but it, it just infiltrates every part of your life. And all of a sudden, you're not just being disobedient, but you're being disobedient, and you're rebelling, and, and you're angry, and you're, you're mad, and you're jealous, and, and, and you're committing murder, and you're tearing other people down, and it's spreading through all of your life. You better deal with this. Now, now here's the thing. Is look at this. Here's what's happening. This is, this is what I see going on in the spirit realm is that, is that you know, because the, the, the sin offering that he was bringing, the, the, the sacrifice that he was supposed to bring, Abel was bringing a lamb, and he, he said, God, let this lamb, this lamb is my sin. The lamb was taking the place of, of, of Abel's sin. Just like we talk about Jesus hung on the cross in our place. Jesus became our sin so that it could be killed and crucified. And so, so Abel is bringing this lamb, and he's putting it on the altar, and he's killing it before God. He said, this lamb is representing, it's standing in the place of my sin, God, and I'm killing it. I don't want my sin. I want it out of my life. I want it destroyed. I want it gone. That's what Abel did, but not Cain. Cain was bringing turnips. And he was, he was hanging around God. He was, you know, I don't know how often they went to worship. This was before the law. This was before the New Testament. I don't know how often they went to worship, but Cain was going to worship. He was going to the altar, but he was going with things that could not put away his sin. So what he was doing was, he was not, bringing, he was not actually bringing his sin to the altar. He was playing at worship. He was showing up at church, but he was not dealing with his sin. And so his sin dominated him instead of the other way around. Some of you need to deal with some sin. Oh, goodness. Some of you need, because you're here today, thank God, praise God, but you're still falling in the same thing over and over and over. We can talk about addictions. We can talk about just, just things, you know, that, that personal sin, the one that, that Paul talks about, the sin that does so easily beset us, the one that, that just trips us up, and you need to deal with that. Because you keep falling in it over and over and over. I, I have people, you know, for, for forever in all of my ministry, people have talked about, Pastor, I just, keep, I just keep messing up and keep, and that's the thing we need to deal with. You need to deal with that sin. So let's talk about the domination fight, the spiritual warfare of domination. Just a few points right here. And the very first thing you need to do is go on the offensive. You've been on the de defensive for way too long. Because what you've been doing is you've just kind of been waiting for it to show up. You wait for the temptation to show up. It's almost like some people, it's like, you know, they, they, they're surprised that the temptation showed up again today. Pastor, I don't understand. This temptation just comes at me every day. Well, wake up. And now that you know that it's coming, go on the offensive. Quit sitting back and waiting for it to happen. Choose to go on the offensive and do something about winning the battle. Okay, and, and the second point is to penetrate the, penetrate the perimeter. Okay, you're here today, but you got to get in farther than the perimeter. Cain was just going to the edge and just kind of playing around church and doing the, you got to get in there because he never dealt with his sin. You got to deal with your sin. I mean, thank God it's under the blood and thank God it's forgiven or whatever. It's going to show up tomorrow. That temptation's coming back tomorrow if you don't deal with it. You're going to be on your face again tomorrow. You're going to mess up. You're going to blow it again tomorrow. If you don't penetrate, get deeper. You got to go deeper than Cain went. And if you're still struggling with a sin just over and over and over, to get domination, you're going to have to penetrate deeper than you did before because it's obvious. If you're still struggling in that area, if you've got an addiction or something and you're still struggling, then it's obvious, isn't it? You've got to do something you hadn't done yet. You've got to go deeper than you've been yet. You've got to reach your hands just a little, little farther down in there. And so the third one is the D. It's a disrupt activity to prevent aggression. Here's the thing. Your enemy. Satan, he knows. He knows when you get weak. He's already got it figured out. 
He knows when you get weak, and, and, and he knows when, when you're, you're going to be most susceptible to that thing, and so that's when he, he comes at you. So what you need to do is you need to disrupt his activity by doing something different to keep him from being aggressive against you. Catch him off guard next time instead of you catching him off guard, uh, him catching you off guard. You know, if when you were 10 years old, and we probably don't have any 10-year-olds in the room right now, they're kids' church, but when you, if, when you were 10 years old, and you were walking to school, and every single day, you know, you got to a certain place on your way to school, there was a bully that always beat you up on the way to school. What would you do? I'd, I'd find another way to get to school. I'd find, yeah, I'd go around the block the other way, right? We don't do that, do we? I mean, we still, we, you know, we, we've got to change something up, but we keep doing the exact same things. And, we're, uh, you know, and the idiocy of, of, of how we approach this is, is people, you know, they come to me and say, Pastor, I don't understand. You know, I, said, I, 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 just, I just can't get over this desire, you know, and, and I, I just continually get drunk, you know, and get drunk every week, and I just can't quit it. It seems like every time I go out with my drinking buddies, I got to have one too. Amen or oh me? I mean, we need to change something up. You need to quit hanging out with some people. You probably need to quit going some places. If it's an Internet thing, you, you need to, I, I mean, you put some filters on, and if that ain't working, you might just need to get away from the Internet. I mean, whatever it is, you got to change some things up. Go, into the, go deeper than the perimeter and change some things up. Fourth point is win the mental battle. We've been talking about physical stuff that you can do. We're going to talk about real weapons next week, but now, right now, just the mental battle. You know what I wish? Here's what I wish would happen online. I wish this week, next time, one of you kids, how about you going to school this week? You're going to have all kinds of temptations thrown at you. I would love, I would love to see, you know, on my news feed, one of you guys post, I just killed another one. You don't even have to say temptation. I don't know what you're talking about. I just killed another one. And you, if you want to say, I just, I, I just got another kill in spiritual warfare. Man, that'd be awesome, wouldn't it? I'd love to see that stuff. I'd love to see you tweet that. I'd love to have that because I want to celebrate with you. You need to celebrate the wins. And not just the big old huge wins. Oh, I got healed of cancer. You need to celebrate because a lot of this is about morale. Once you get this start to moving in your life and you start to get some morale built up and you start feeling like, wait a minute, I'm not the victim anymore. I'm the victor. I'm beginning to overcome this thing. I'm beginning to get some, that morale will build up in you. You need to start winning the, the mental battle. I'd, I'd, I'd love to see that. And who knows, uh, you, you post something like that, somebody will start asking, is that another video game? I need to know about that when you're, you're getting all these kills or whatever. And it might even open the opportunity for you to witness to somebody and say, let me tell you what Jesus is doing through me. I'd love to see that. We need to celebrate the wins together. Uh, and the last one, real quick, is seize and control. Okay, if you've got a place in your life that you continually fall in sin, you need to seize that ground. You need to get it back. You, you own your own life. Do you know that you own your life? Now, some of you don't know that because the devil's got you fooled to making you believe he's controlling you. You need to seize the ground again. You need to take that back. Say, wait a minute, this belongs to me, and take it back. But you don't need to just possess it because even though you possess it, he can still run around in it and mess it up. You need to seize it, and you need to control it. Let's talk about discipline for just a moment. You know what discipline is? Discipline is growing up and not making your parents tell you what's right and what is wrong. Being disciplined. And it's all, I can say about some of you older ones too. Discipline is, is, not, is about not having your wife or your husband have to tell you, you know what, wait just a minute, that scripture says, some of you need to grow up with that because your husband, your spouse, your wife, your spouse is the one who is holding you sanctified. We need to grow up and seize control over our ground again and then, and then maintain that control over our ground. You need to be in control. 
of that place. You know what that's called? Domination. You need to fight that battle. Some of you need it, and you're not going to win it until you fight it. Second battle, recovery. Why do you need to recover? You need to recover some things that have been stolen. For some of you, so it's a promise that, that, that before it was fulfilled, it got stolen from you. Before it even began, or maybe it was a prodigal. Maybe you've got someone that is away from God in your family, or maybe somebody that's never, never been close to God, and you want to get them back. Let's talk about it. Go back to Genesis. This is chapter 14, verse 11. Uh, this is uh, four kings are, are attacking the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. The four kings seized all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah, Gomorrah and all their food, and they went away. They also carried off Abram's nephew. This is Abram. Uh, his name has changed to Abraham. You probably know him more as Abraham than Abram. Uh, they ca- carried off Abra- Abraham's nephew Lot and his possessions since he was living in Sodom. Okay, uh, let's stop here and look at this for just a moment. This is his nephew. This is something that is important to him. You know, some of you need to get into the recovery mode of battle and say, wait a minute, there's something that is important to me that has been stolen from me, and I want it back. It was his nephew, and he was ready for him to get it back. And his nephew had been living in Sodom. And I almost said sin because I've said that so many times as an example. Because Sodom, you know, you might not know a whole lot about Sodom, but the things you know about Sodom, it is an example of debauchery. I mean, Jesus Christ in the New Testament even referenced back to it as being an example of horrible sin taking place in this world. I mean, that, and so what, he's, what we're saying here is Lot was already living there. He was already living in this debauchery. I mean, he was living there, but now they have took him. It's like now, okay, but whoa, 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 wait a minute. Now you've gone too far. And that's where some of you need to be. You need to look around and say, wait a minute, things in my, in my family, yes, some of my family have not been living right, but you know what? If they don't wake up soon, they're going to wake up in jail or they're going to wake up in a casket. Something needs to change here right now before it's too late. And that's where Abraham was. When Abraham heard that his relative had been taken captive, he called out the 318 trained men born in his own household, and he went in pursuit as far as the area of Dan. During the night, Abraham divided his men to attack them, and he routed them, pursuing them as far as Hobna, north of Damascus. He recovered all the goods and brought back his relative Lot and his possessions together with the women and the other people. Uh, 318, right there, his own. So the first thing we need to look at is you need to, if you want to do this, you got something to recover, you need to deploy your assets. You have some assets. Now next, next week I'm going to talk to you about weapons, and that's some things that you need to do. But what can you do even before, you, before you're even armed and know what the weapons are? You can deploy your assets. You have some assets. You've got, you got a child that's not living for Jesus, that's not, you know, they're, li- they're living in sin. Somebody you want to see reach, somebody you want to see in your family. you got someone like that. Let me, tell, let me tell you where some of your assets are. Look around you you got a room full of assets right here. And some of these people know your child. If you've got a child that's not living for God, you got assets right here. Go and ask one of these people, hey, how long has it been since you emailed my son and asked him to come to church? How long has it been? Give them the, the, the cell phone number if they don't have it. Say, hey, will you take this and, and call my, you know my daughter. Would you call her and invite her to church? You, you've got assets, and you've got other assets. I'm going to tell you about some more that are spiritual weapons next week. But you've got other, figure out what those assets are and and put them into deployment. You need to deploy those. Second point is the extraction. How many of you have ever had an extraction at the dentist's office? Enjoyable experience, wasn't it? I've had one of those. You know what an extraction is? Okay, let me, let me tell you. There, there are two things about this word distraction. This is not definition. But two things about this word that are givens. First of all, extraction means total. You don't partially extract something. You know, if the dentist partially extracted your tooth, that was a mistake. 
That way he blew it, okay, because that's not an extraction. Extraction is getting it all out. And the other thing about extraction is it is a forceful thing. You know, if your tooth, you know, when you're six years old, your tooth falls out, that's not an extraction. If you go to the dentist and the dentist puts his fingers in your mouth and, 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 the, and, and it just kind of wiggles out into his fingers, that's not an extraction. Okay, don't let him charge you for that, all right? An extraction is, you ever have one, you know what I'm talking about? When they get the, those pliers, I mean, that's what they look like to me, and they go in, they get a hold of it, and, and I, I, one time I had one pull it, and I really thought, I thought he was about to put his knee up on my chest. You know, my head was coming up off the, I mean, he's pulling, you know, and I'm trying to pull back. That's, it is, an it is a purposeful, forceful pulling out of every single thing. That's what we want. You understand, when we get, when we start going into the battle mode of recovery, we don't want a partial extraction. But what it's going to take is it's going to take being purposeful. And it's going to take with force. It's going to take some, it's going to take doing some things on purpose. It's going to take, it's not going to just, you know, if you've got this attitude of, well, I just, I just really hope just God saves their soul before it's too late. It ain't going to happen by you. I hope God gives them somebody else that's got some, you know, somebody else that may be willing to put a knee up on their chest, whatever it takes. We got to get them out of here. We got to deliver them. And, you know, one, one of the problems many times I mean, is we see a little, little bit of it happening and we say, okay, well, good, it's beginning to happen, and we back off. But we got to safeguard. That's another military term. You know what it means? It means hang around. The enemy might show back up. You better hang around. Keep that gun on your shoulder. You better safeguard. You, you, you might have gotten them back, but you better, you better safeguard. Keep, keep, it, keep your gun ready and loaded because the enemy might be back. You know, I, I've, I've heard a lot of idiot parents in my pastoral years you know, that said, oh, preacher, my son or daughter gave up drugs last night. Nobody gives up drugs last night. You know, you might get, if you get delivered from drugs like that, you got a supernatural, miraculous work of God in your life that he pulled the addiction out of you, the physical, mental addiction out of you. I mean, this is a big deal. I mean, and there's, there's a few people that's happened to, but you don't give up drugs last night. It's coming back. The temptation, the addiction, the lure. And let's not, I'm not just talking about drugs here, okay? But I want you to understand, sometimes we, we back, say, oh, well, it's getting better. And I, I said this a couple weeks ago, but I don't remember if I said it in both services. So let, me, let me go ahead and say it right here, right now. It's like some of you, some of you, uh, you know, you might have this kind of an attitude like women, those women out there and say, well, he's still yelling at me, but at least he ain't beating me anymore. And they're happy with it. You don't need to be happy with it. We need an extraction. You don't need to say, well, well my teenager, they're not, they're not doing drugs. You know, they're in a rehab right now. And they're not, but I, know, I know they're still drinking. They get drunk every weekend, stay drunk, all, but at least they're not, in a, they're not under drugs anymore. No, we need an extraction. Some, something, something horrible is going to happen to them if we don't get an extraction. And so we need to get an extraction, and we need to hang around because it's coming back. The friends, uh, uh, the, the temptations, the addiction, the desire, it's coming back. We need to keep our eyes open. We need to keep focused because we don't want to just get them back. We want to keep them back. Okay, and the last one is a showdown. And there's a lot of you here need a showdown. I, 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 I wish I could get some of you to go into showdown mode because you are... I mean, you need to just get tired of fighting the same old battles every day. 
I mean, some of you wake up every single day, and you don't know if it's going to be a good day or a bad day. Oh, is this going to be one of those days? Or is it going to be okay and let, we'll be able to get through it? Aren't you tired of that? Is anybody tired of that? You need a showdown. A showdown is where you, 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 know, you call them out in the middle of the street, in the middle. Okay, so let's get, let, me, let me take you to Scripture right here. 1 Kings chapter 18, because God initiates the showdown. Look right here, verse 1. After a long time in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Go and present yourself to Ahab. I will send rain on the land. He's saying, call Ahab out in the middle of the street. Time for a showdown. God said, this thing's gone on long enough. I'm tired of them not following me. I'm tired of them following idols. I'm tired of them giving glory and credit to somebody else. It's time for a showdown. Call him out, Elijah. Okay, uh, go on to the verses. And I'm going to read several verses here. But listen. When we finish reading here, there's a whole lot more of the story. All I want to deal with right now is the beginning of the showdown, the calling out, okay? But you need to go home and read the rest of this chapter. It is an all, I mean, I, I, we could preach right here, but that's not the sermon for today. Right now, it's about calling out the showdown. So Obadiah went out to meet Ahab, and he told him Elijah was looking for him. And Ahab went out to meet Elijah. And when Ahab saw Elijah, he said to him, is that you, you troubler of Israel? Okay, now when 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 bad things start happening to people who are doing wrong stuff, they like to point their fingers at the church and say, you're messing me up because you're praying for me. And God's doing, that's what Ahab's saying here. He said, because you're a child of God, God's messing me up because of this. And, and you know what Elijah does? Elijah doesn't back off like a lot of you do. Say, oh, I'm sorry. No, Elijah just says, uh-huh, that ain't me. Here's what he says. He says right here, he says, I've not made trouble for Israel, but you and your father's family have. You've abandoned the Lord's commands and have followed the Baals. And now he calls them out. He says, summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. Don't leave any of them out. Listen, if you go into a showdown, don't leave any of the enemy out. Don't get, don't get a partial victory. Come on, if you go into a showdown, get them all out. Come on, let's all get out in the street. I, this thing needs to be over today. I'm tired of waking up with this same battle every single day. Get this thing out in the street. Every single member of the enemy, I want it over before the sun goes down today. So Ahab sent word throughout all car Israel. Amen. Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. Call them out. Say, it's, it, this, it's time for this thing to be over. I'm tired of having good days and bad days. I'm ready to have God's days. I'm ready to have peaceful days. I'm ready to have victorious days. God didn't create you to wake up every single morning and wonder if it was going to be a good day. He created you to live in his victory, his deliverance, and his peace, and he's given you the weapons to do that. I'm going to tell you about those next Did I tell you? I'm going to tell you about those next week. Yeah, I, I want you to know, he's, he's given those to you, but you need to decide today, I'm ready for the showdown. Somebody needs to decide, I'm sick and tired of it, and I'm ready for the showdown. And so the first thing, just a few points here, and we'll be finished, is it's time for the call out. Call them out. Identify the objectives. Identify the, what's the objective. What is the objective in your showdown? What, what is it that you want to see happening? The second, second one, hold the attack. You know what hold the attack means? It means stay engaged. You know, don't, don't pull back on the enemy and let him run off and hide somewhere. Let me give, let me give you just a little, little, this is metaphorically speaking, okay? But if you're attacking the enemy in your house, you're trying to get him out of, you know, uh, you know of, the, of the temptations you've got in your life or, or get him out of your marriage, and he runs around and hides behind the, the uh, couch in the living room, don't, don't back away from that. Say, so, okay, well, I'm glad he's hiding. No, 
go pull that couch away from the wall and, and run him on out. And I'm, I'm speaking metaphorically here. I'm not saying you got to pull the couch away from the wall, but you know what? Some of you may need to do that just so in your mind you've got a picture of what's going on here. This enemy's been hiding in my house. I'm pulling the furniture out from the wall. I'm going to roll up the rugs. I'm going I'm to sweep every corner. I'm going to open the doors of the closet. I'm going to make sure he's not in any place. You don't need him hiding in any place in your life. You need to maintain the, or, or hold the attack. You need to hold, stay engaged in battle and focus the assault because he'll try to confuse you. You know what, you know what he do, he's doing to some of you? You start this battle, and it starts getting bad. Can I, I, let me just go ahead and tell you something. When you go to war, it gets worse before it gets better. The first few weeks, those body bags start showing up. You know what the, you know what the news says, don't you? I mean, it's bad. People get hurt in war. You start going to war, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And the enemy will say, you started this. You shouldn't have started this. But in reality, you probably should have started it weeks ago or months ago. So don't you listen to him. You stay focused. No, you, you are not the person. You are the one who's here on Sunday saying, God, show me how to defeat this thing. You are the one that is following after God. So don't let him confuse you, and don't let him change what the focus is of the attack. You need to focus the assault and stay focused on the assault because you need a total war here. You know what total war is? It's another military term. You know what total war means? It means over, done. It means we're not trying, you know, we're not trying to beat them back. It means like in World War II, when the only thing we would accept was Japan's total, unconditional surrender. No negotiations. You surrender. It's over. Total war. And in Europe, the only thing we would accept was Hitler had to be out of power. We weren't saying, draw all your troops back into German, Germany. We weren't saying just you go back home and rule. No, we said there is no way you have committed too many atrocities. You have done too much bad stuff. There is no way Hitler can stay in power anymore. He has to go. It's total war. And some of you need to make that same declaration. I am not going to rest as long as there is any power. There have been too many atrocities fought in my family, in my life, against me, and I am not going to allow any of it to stay anymore. The enemy has to be completely out of power in my life. I, am total, I want total war. And that means naming what the victory looks like. What does it look like? Peace and harmony in your marriage again? Name it. That's what total, you've got to decide. What, what, what does victory look like? Name what the victory looks like. My son, my daughter, back in church, serving God with her hands raised, loving him and God. Name it. Name what the, what the victory is supposed to look like. Decide what total war means to you. And then call for the showdown. Stand with me. Come to the front. Let's close. Amen. Come on, press on in. Prayer team, get, it, get in place. Man, we had a lot of people pray. A lot of people came forward for a prayer in the early service. I pray you do too. Amen. Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Come on, press on in, press on in. Jesus. Uh, give me the battle modes again, Mike, if you will. Every one of you probably today need to go into a battle mode of domination, recovery, or showdown. Every one of you. Just decide, right? What is it? Which one is it for you today? Is it time for a showdown? For a lot of you, it is. Man, I get so tired of 
And listen, understand, I'm not saying I'm tired of you asking me to pray for you. No. I'm tired of you living in agreement with anything less than victory. Man, I want, I want, you, I want you to be one of those people like I talked about last week. Always lands on their feet. Stuff slapping them, and man, they just still land on their feet. I want you to be blessed like that. I want you to get sick and tired of what the enemy is doing in your life and decide for a showdown today. And, 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 and if you're ready to go to battle, come down and let one of these prayer team members join you in prayer. I've teased you. I think probably every week I've said this so far. Two weeks already, I'm going to tease you one more week. I, and I've, I, I'm teasing you, but I know this is one of the weapons. This connection. I'm going to tell you about it next week, okay? This is one of the, I don't have time. That's not the sermon today. This is one of the weapons. So come use it. Come get a hand of, say, I need, I need to go get some domination over an area of my life. Or I, I, I've, got to, I've got to recover. I've got a child out there in sin. I've got to recover them before it gets to one of these places that it's too late and they wake up in a jail cell or something worse. I, or, or I'm tired, I'm tired, and I'm tired of fighting the same battle. I'm ready for a, Get their hands up. I'm ready for a showdown in this area of my life and let them pray with you. Not starting right here, but finishing it out there. And let me tell you what's going to happen. Because it happened last week. There were more people that stood out there with needs and didn't come down and ask somebody to help them pray than there were that came down and, and said, I need, you say, I want you to understand that because I want you to know if only two people walk forward, that's not the only people with a battle. Because I kind of messed you up, didn't I, when we started the service? I ask everybody that has a battle, raise your hand. So every one of us, as far as I can tell, it looked like everybody. It might have been some, but every, we all have battles. And when we bow our heads in just a moment, be the first. I thought Jamie was going to have to find another song to sing in the early service because people just kept coming. They didn't make a line, but as soon as, somebody, as, soon as a prayer team member was open, somebody else came and they just kept coming and kept coming. So come early. Come quick. Come and ask somebody. You, you can come on now. You don't have to wait for us to bow our heads. You can come on now and start, let somebody. You ready for a battle? You ready to get something over in your life? Don't wait till next week and find out. Go ahead and start today. We're going to tell about the weapons next week. Start today. But for those few of you that I almost didn't say this. Let me say this, okay? The reason some of you won't move forward is because of your pride. Two weeks ago, pastor came down off the stage, came around here to Britain and said, I'm going to this battlefield for, for my family this week. I want you to know, I'm over that. I don't, I don't have to maintain my pride to make you think. I, I don't care if you think, if you don't realize or, or anymore that, that I don't have a perfect life. I'm over that. I want you to get over that. Get over that, okay? We all know you don't have a perfect life, okay? Go ahead and act like you want to. But we know you don't have a perfect life. Get over that. Come on down. Let somebody pray for you. But if you can't, this morning, I, I want to pray for everybody anyway. Bow your heads. Close your eyes. Come on, let's pray. Come on, we're going to battle right now. God, God, my brothers, my sisters right now, God, they're struggling with some big-time stuff. Some of them, God, have been fighting.